Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome one and all, weaves and casuals alike. We are Baka and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way by tweeting at Bakako Podcast, sending us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com, or following the link tree on our Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can join our Discord. We also want to give a huge shout out to Akano from SoundCloud for our intro. Today, we're going to talk about Odd Taxi, another newer anime this season, last season. And, spring season. Uh, spring season. Ooh, I know, time travels, right? time travels bad. I know. Uh, and then on this show, it's only me, Drew Tendo 64 and for the first time on the Prime podcast, magically average i like that intro more than frank i don't know if you listen to the bakken bites but he always (laughs) comes up with an alliteration for m and a so (laughs) last week i was like listen to more of them i've i've tuned into a few yes some of them i like one of them i think it was like a like a masochistic arcanist or something like that or arsonist i don't know i was a a, a (laughs) magical I, I, I don't know. It, he comes up with a bunch of strange ones, and he doesn't vet them before with me, so I'm always thrown off. <laughs> so it's they're like a, live. <laughs> I know. I like. I'm always like. He always like unsettles. Like he's like, oh, how do I make it so that way Tyler's thrown off immediately <laughs> when we start? What a troublemaker! So, yeah. um, for anyone unfamiliar with what is it uh, was Odd Taxi, um, it's a television series that was a manga first it was produced by olm and pics or p-i-c-s it obviously aired on tv tokyo back in april until june 29th so again it's one of our more newer shows 
Uh, yeah. And yeah, it only had two volumes, so it was pretty short, and that's why we only got 13 episodes. Yeah, but by golly, were they jam-packed episodes. Sure they were. Oh, and this is where <laughs> this is where the trouble begins, ladies and gentlemen. So, last season, all I heard for 13 weeks was, you guys gotta watch out Taxi. And this is Frank speaking, not Andrew speaking. So it's Frank popping up in the Discord. Guys, did you see Odd Taxi? Days go by. Guys, this week in Odd Taxi. You won't believe it. Boom. Guys, Odd Taxi. And to me, <laughs> whenever, whenever that happens, I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll wait for everyone's hype on it to die out and I'll watch it on my own time. Spoiler alert, I fell asleep. Which is Watch. shocking to me. It's honestly, <laughs> honestly shocking. But overall, like, I, I get the hook. I know, I know why people are watching this. But other than that, I'm, I'm not putting it in. It's not my top 10. Or even wow. like, I'm going to be super mean. It's not my top 20. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Frank is going to have a field day after listening to this episode. He will have his thoughts. <laughs> Quote unquote <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, but, I I joined in late on Odd Taxi because I think it was by the fourth episode of Frank talking about it, and he was gabbing about it too. We when we were recording Bakken bites, he kept basically like biting his tongue, being like, "I don't want to share it with you guys because it'll spoil stuff." But just go watch it, and I was like, "Fine, I'll give in." I'll be the one, I'll be the sacrificial lamb. Lobo, you sit this one out, bud. <laughs> and honestly, like, I thanked Frank every single week as I watched it. Cause I was like, this show is blowing my mind with the animation, the storytelling, the world building. Like, I thought it was brilliant as a show. Totally caught me off guard, too, from just what I had seen about, like, seen from it, just, you know, in the trailer that I watched. Because I I didn't read anything about the show. There wasn't a lot of hype early on in spring season when it came out. Because spring season, if I'm thinking back right, we had Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S. We were still in My Hero Academia, so that was big. Tokyo Avengers was out then. We had those Snow White notes. We had a lot of really good shows in spring season. So Odd Taxi wasn't even on my radar. And I don't think it was on anyone's radar, really. It was kind of the sleeper show of the season, but I think as people started to hear more rumblings about it later on as the season got towards the end and we were entering into summer, more people watched it and realized, like, holy cow, this is actually a pretty good show. Oh, I should say some people say that. Others who are on this podcast say otherwise. <laughs> Not to well, throw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, but just to give more notes on what came out in the spring so obviously it was competing against my hero tokyo revengers um it's also competing against nagatoro which i could see more people gravitating towards. yes yeah that and that um, was my at the time that was my show for the season yeah and there's also like uh vv fluorite eyes song there's mm -hmm. just and then there was just like isekai garbage for days but <laughs> oh, and, Sh and Shaman King. So, like, again, very packed season to fight up against. 
Um, a lot of people did recommend it to me as the sleeper hit, so that's that's what I tend to go for, like to be the hipster anime person to watch stuff that's unique, watch stuff that's different, watch stuff that isn't the pop culture icon yeah. of the of the of the season and watching stuff that's different and unique. Like as much shade as I've been throwing at it, it is really good at what it does. It like you said, the world building alone has you like invested in the first episodes to get to know more like there's these characters being thrown at you they obviously have um background with each other they have a history they're maybe getting to know someone for the first time whatever it is but as that happens as that progresses we still get treated to that it's not like your stereotypical hey i knew you in middle school and then that's all they give you yeah so like even um, at the beginning, when we're treated to learning about Otakawa's, like, he has to go see a doctor. Like, we start learning about the doctor. Nine times out of ten, that doctor is a throwaway character that never comes back. Yeah. And to sort of go beyond, like, you know, going further into what you were just making note of with the show, I think it does a really good job, too, of highlighting the what you suppose to be very minor characters early on and trying to cement them as being, you know, an integral part of the story. Cause there's a lot of shows I feel like that fall into this trap of being like, okay, we have to have very meaningful characters, but we don't want to show our hand early on and tell the audience like what characters they should and shouldn't be following to sort of give, you know, in fear of maybe giving away some plot lines down the road, or, you know, if there's going to be a secret death, like, really try like i guess telegraphing who's going to die and stuff sometimes i feel like shows get into the issue of well now i'm following about 35 characters i don't know which ones are and aren't important but they all keep playing a part in the show so it's hard to like keep track it's hard to follow along hard to i guess invest in them i think odd taxi does a great job from like episode i'd say probably two of really highlighting like, okay, you're going to see some characters. All right. And you're going to, we're going to establish early on what their relationships are. Like Otakawa has one best friend. Who's this belligerent monkey. He, they go and hang out at a bar and they know the owners of the bar. The doctor he goes to see also hangs out at the same bar. They have a weird relationship, but they see them frequently. You're like, okay, so these characters probably going to see them a lot throughout the show. Like, I like that aspect because it made me from very early on in the show be like, okay, here are the characters I should be focusing on. Here are the characters that I'm going to invest my time in, in terms of like understanding their back, like backstory, where they're coming from, their relationships with one another, including, you know, the main character, Otakawa. So I think that alone, it does a superb job at. And then beyond that, I mean, the world building aspect is. Well, for one thing, it's beautiful, but it does throw you for a loop at the end. Oh, yeah, and that's that's what this show does very well at doing, is it gives you, without like using a D&D term, railroading you into the story, it puts the cookie crumbs out there for you to discover, for you to pick up on, and early on, you are getting treated to multiple other characters that you're not sure how they're going to play out in the story or why this person even has like a good 
15 minutes of an episode and has their own independent little adventure and it's yeah confusing to begin with uh and eventually it does a very like george rr R. martin kind of way to bundle things in and and connect those dots and bring everything to like what you believe to be a conclusion and then it does the same thing of no yeah and 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 like those last i want to say probably the last three episodes you have a very tight grasp on on what you believe is going to transpire and it doesn't so i wanted to give a shout out to the the creator for doing that like keeping me invested even though i did say in episode six i did fall asleep three times and i had to restart it but i think that was more of a me issue less of a content issue um yeah. maybe maybe both but we're we're treated to such great storytelling and i've i've talked about this in previous podcasts like it's it's very rare that we're getting treated to so much better content now and that the people that grew up watching anime grew up buying like shonen jump monthly weekly daily whatever it was are now these people in powers of position or positions of power and with like the right background to create these series and it's just is doing so well and yeah. like odd taxi like when i first started watching it in the back of my head i was like what's with all these animal animes that were recently like we have b stars right and no we don't talk about that one we don't talk about b stars no Ooh. we don't we don't talk about b stars <laughs> the dub or the sub it doesn't um, matter <laughs> But <laughs> we've been given, like, again, these these formats that we believe to be true and that, like, the story's going to go one way. And just having the main, like, I don't even want to call him protagonist, but just the main character of Otakawa just being a lazy-looking walrus who is just, like, literally paycheck to paycheck being a taxi driver. And he's okay with that. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I thought this was going to be a nice slice of life show. Like, the first three episodes, you're like, oh, it's just going to be chill. It's going to be, like, this animal city, like Zootopia. Oh, it's going to be so fun. It was not. No. For some people. Um, And just even, like, learning he's, like, friends or, like, a known person to, like, the cops. Like, the nurse is interested in him. Like, I'll go through a character list for anyone who's needs a refresher so like we have otokawa the middle-aged taxi driver walrus we have miho shirakawa she is the alpaca nurse working at goriki's clinic which whenever they do the name for a gorilla i always find they use a gore name for them so we have ayumu goriki who is a middle-aged gorilla doctor um we also have Rui Nakito Nakano. Oh, she's the toy. Rui's the toy poodle in Mystery Kiss. Yes. Yep. This this pop idol band that's coming up, and then we have Shiho Shiho. Jeez, I can't say words today. Ichimura, who is also one of the Mystery Kiss backup singers. She's a calico cat. Uh, Yuki Mitsuya is a black cat and one of the backup singers as well. Um, I'll skip this character so because that's spoilers. Uh, then you have Ken Shiro and Koshiro Daimon. They're twin brother cops. And I really like their dynamic because, like, although they're identical twins, like, they still refer 
to each other as older and younger. Yeah. And I just thought they were they were really funny. Um, then we have Kensuke Shibagaki, who is the funny man of a comedy troupe. His buddy is Atsuya Baba, who is a horse. And I just thought that their like dynamic was really good because you get introduced to these two characters as a radio show. Yeah. And they referred to themselves as the Homo sapiens the entire time. And I was like, well, they're in an animal world. How do they know what Homo sapiens are? Like, is there a chance that we're going to see them eventually? It's just two like middle-aged dudes on the radio that are like the only humans in this city. No, it's a warthog and a horse. So that was also (laughs) pretty funny. Um, There's this guy, Taichi Kabasawa. He's a dwarf hippopotamus college student whose goal is to be like viral and i found that very like picked from the news kind of thing where you always have these people that are trying to go viral they work like they're working really hard at being the next best thing but like something usually goes wrong like where i live people have gotten into very terrible accidents trying to get that picture to go viral Mm -hmm. on and it's like police have been sent to rescue this person it's like yeah of course they have yeah it's the, um, it's the staple online celebrity of the show. Well, I guess would be or want to be online celebrity. Then I really enjoyed when they went to the bar because the bar owner, she's a kangaroo. Her name is Taiko. And then there's just a whole bunch of other characters like that I don't remember. But like Dobu is this kind of gangster Yakuza guy. He's a, a baboon. I thought his design was really cool. Yeah. Both both his original design and his second design. Um, That's what we'll call them. Um, I don't remember this person. There's the porcupine who's the... Yeah, who raps. Also also in the Yakuza, but like a rival member kind of of the Yakuza that Dobu is constantly butting heads with. Yeah, I think his name is like Yana. I don't know. Some some of the, the cast list here is... Yeah, no, that's his name. Yep. He's a, and he reminded me of uh, Killer B from Naruto Shippuden because he talks purposely in rhymes and always oh. with like a rap beat in the background. Yeah. And it was just really like enjoyable to have that character because although he's like up to nefarious things, he's like money laundering, he's pulling schemes where like people take out huge investments with the Yakuza so that he can essentially just get their money back. Yep. And now the Yakuza, like, owns them because they owe money. Like, really cool idea for a character. However, he is not scary because the entire time he is speaking, he is constantly trying to rhyme. And his, like, his bodyguard is just, like, this buff polar bear. <laughs> yep. He, I, like, I like the dynamic, though, because he's supposed to, I think he's supposed to symbolize, like, the younger Yakuza members coming up, whereas Dobu is the more veteran. He, like, getting pushed out sort of so i like the fact that he made him like the first scene you see yano in is he runs into otakawa on like a a lime bike or like a little like scooter like city yeah. scooter yeah those and then he like scooters yeah and then he like raps at him and otakawa's like <laughs> what just happened and then yano just like leaves and you're like that was a weird interaction i wonder if we'll see that character again and you're like no yep he's basically gonna be in the rest of the rest of the season well what um a couple of people have told me the best thing to do in anime is to not 
look at the opening sequence just to listen to it enjoy the song have fun because the opening sequence nine times out of ten spoils the show yep the only thing this opening sequence for odd taxi spoiled was who's going to be in it because i remember by like episode six or seven before we meet yano like i haven't seen that porcupine guy yet or even like the the one guy who runs mystery guess like i haven't seen that dog man yet yep and it was just good it was it was nice and refreshing it was one that i could like all right and i didn't skip it like again more often than not i'm skipping openings i'm just like okay just next i don't care about this song anymore except attack on titan never skip the openings um mm-hmm. i will say about the intro too it's it's unique in the in that it also i think the animation and song had slight variations between certain episodes depending on oh. which characters were going to be in it so the intro which by the way if even if you haven't seen Odd Taxi, which if you're already like 19 minutes into this episode and you haven't watched Odd Taxi, you should just stop now. We haven't even talked about the story. Go watch it real quick and then come back and listen to us gab or uh, fall asleep at what we're going to be talking about. Um, but it's a really good song. It fits perfectly into the style of like kind of mellow, jazzy, odd, you know, taxi lifestyle, like late night kind of, you know, vibes. It's cool. But the... The intro, like you just said, uh, Drew, is that it just shows you the characters, right? Like, nothing really important happens. But depending on which characters are in the episode, it changes. So there's, like, just a real, like, jazz singy song. But then there's a song where they rap in it, too. So they kind of, like, cut the song into bits depending on what the episode's going to be about. I think. That's what I gathered when I was watching it. Because if you go back and watch through all of the episodes, there are times where the intro is, like, slightly different. I was just being a nerd about it. I'll have to go and check that out now. Yeah. So should so, we uh, dive yeah, into the story, story now? Yeah, story spoilers. Again, people, if you haven't Tons watched it. of spoilers. So we're just going to start really easy. Otakawa, taxi driver. Shit's going down in the city. He is like legitimately doing his job. And a person goes missing, assume murdered. And because the last time they saw that person, they got in and out of a taxi. They're trying to like figure out who it could be. So he's just like puttering around doing his job and he gets, he gets looped into it because like one of these other guys is like, how do you uh, record your people that get in and out of your car? He's like, well, I have, I have a dash cam. I'm like, well, it aims in the back. Do you remember everyone you've been with? He's like, well, no, it's just here. It goes for over two weeks. And literally the person reaches into the camera and like takes out the memory card. And he's just kind of like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. It's it's this is the point at which early on you have to start getting out your thumbtacks and red string like Charlie. Charlie. Yep. Basically, (laughs) basically what this show turns into, because I'll. I'll quickly sort of set the stage and say that it the show does a really good job of like the first five episodes sort of setting up each individual character storyline and like their involvement. And then by episode six, which is so funny to me that that's the episode you fell asleep on, they start creating those spider webs of like, okay, here's how these characters are, are intertwined with one another. Here's where their stories overlap here's how they're related to one another in terms of like the progression of the overall plot. Like you, it starts mapping it out, but it's very much 
I wouldn't even call it a tangled mess because they do a pretty good job sort of lining up everything, but it is oh, yeah. vast. Like it, there's a lot of connections that sometimes they're obvious. Sometimes they're not that obvious too. Like you have to sort of pick up on it as the, the story progresses too. So yeah, the first piece is he gets looped into this missing idol girl. And the weird thing too, is that he's suspected because he's a taxi driver, but he's also suspected because he has some weird relationship with the two police officers, the diamond twins. Um, and they don't really find, they have a hard time with taxi drivers because I think their parents were killed by a taxi driver, a drunk taxi driver when they were younger. So they were already like on his case from like the first day of this girl being missing. But it also doesn't do justice that Otokawa is always seen in his house eerily like looking into like a dark closet and talking to someone or something behind this closet and we never see what it is. So like pretty early on as the viewer you're like, "Hmm, did he abduct her?" Yeah, that's what your first thought is. It's like, "Oh, it's yeah. abduction." Like, you know, very very quiet, very recluse taxi driver not a lot of emotions you know very empathetic for the most part um, or apathetic excuse me for the most part you have an early suspicion of like okay this is probably the case like he just abducted her and this is what the whole story is going to be about and then things get just crazier and crazier from there yeah, and so we're then treated to like learning other people's stories like he, we know he goes to the doctor and this nurse is like really kind of sweet on him and you're kind of like oh, i wonder why kind of stuff because he has that own suspicion himself but like we find out that there the nurse has her own storyline because like stuff's going wrong in her life uh the doctor gets a call from one of the other nurses that like prescription drugs are, are going missing uh this guy who's trying to be viral hops in the cab He's trying to, like, have his, like, day in the sun. Uh, what else is happening? So there's also... Well, he takes a picture with Otakawa and posts yeah. about, like, he's like, oh, met this great taxi driver who gave me life advice. What a score. And he gets, like, a couple... He, get, he It goes semi-viral, I guess. But then it goes into his head. He starts trying to track down... Oh, sorry, excuse me. The that's, picture that's he little, takes... Yeah. The picture he takes has Dobu, the Yakuza member, in the background who's being who's wanted for some charge of some kind. And so then like the the hippopotamus kid who takes the picture is is somehow involved in that investigation, goes into his head, tries to create this whole like group of people dedicated to tracking him down, starts making these viral videos. And that's just that one person that gets in his car. Then like after he drops out the hippo kid. The next guy is a dog, I believe. Is it is it the business dog? No, it is the Mystery Kiss fan member. Oh yeah, he's uh, I forget what he is, but he's yeah. got like the white the white hair, right? Yeah, the white spiky hair. Yeah. Well, this kid gets in. He's like, oh, I just went to this Mystery Kiss. They're gonna be a new idol group. They're gonna be so famous. Uh, I can't pay you for the full cab. Is that okay? But I have this lottery ticket. Uh, give me some numbers and Otakawa gives him numbers sure shit the kid wins the lottery like a couple days later posts it online and guess who sees the post the yakuza Ooh, guess who's going to be involved in that dobu like you start everything starts developing 
Now, granted, every all that I've said so far takes place over the span of like seven episodes. Because I'll I'll say it like real quick too. We cannot go into the full breadth of this show during this one podcast. I mean, we could create an entire series of episodes dedicated to this to Odd Taxi, just talking <laughs> about it, because there's so many layers to it. The Oddcast. The uh, oh. All right, tra- trademark, trademark, Bakken Co. Oddcast, talking about Odd Taxi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a character a week. Oh my gosh, yeah, we we could, we could honestly, that'd be that'd be pretty crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we, like you start seeing really early in the show the relationships that are being built, and again, the show does a really great job of highlighting these characters and being like, we're gonna pretend, we're gonna sort of portray them as being one-offs but read into it look how we're setting up the scene look about like listen to the dialogue what's being involved know that they are going to come back the question is how are they going to come back when are they going to come back and what is their relationship to the story and that's the question those are the questions that are answered as everything unfolds so it's like Episode two, you get all these new characters coming in. The hippo viral kid, the mystery kiss fan member turned lottery ticket winner. You get a quick intro to Dobu because of the picture and the Yakuza. You have the nurse, the alpaca nurse, the gorilla doctor. You know, all these characters are coming into play. And slowly but surely, as you said, Drew, too, it in crumbs are left out but they're big enough chunks to make you like go for it and want more still you're not like sort of like starving for that like like content yeah it doesn't it doesn't like because the worst part the, the the part i was really fearful about this type of show was that they were just going to keep you hanging and never get to like the big juicy pizzas but they constantly left like just enough to where you're like oh my gosh, I need to watch this next episode now. Like, I have to know. Because you're formulating all these different, you know, theories of what could be happening. You're hypothesizing the ending. You're trying to figure out, like, ooh, what's the what's the twist? There's got to be a twist at some point. What is it? Like, they give you so little yet so much in every single episode. And I know that's an oxymoron, but that's how it's set up. Like, it's just enough to where you're like, oh, I like, we're so close. Like, I, I, I can taste it like i know we're almost there but i need more and then the next episode comes in and it gives you more but it still leaves you some more like they're like "Mm, but we're not done yet here's a little taste of what is happening next and you're like stop it (laughs) just give me the whole goddamn cookie and they and they do a, a spectacular job like i one of my favorite episodes because they build an entire character up for an episode is number four it's called uh tanaka's revolution it's this little black cat, and he has, like, the most tragic backstory. Like, he wasn't the popular kid in school. He wasn't the smart kid in school. He wasn't the athletic kid in school. He wasn't the most friendly kid in school. Like, he was not, like, he was the kid in the back of the class, like, essentially is what they set up. And he even sits, like, somewhere in the class that, none like, no slice of life protagonist sits. Like, he doesn't sit against the window, and he's not in the front of the class. So, like... He's a side character, so you're getting treated to this whole, like, side character story um, and the weird pop culture thing that he experienced in school that he got his, like, 
finally I'm someone was uh like collectible erasers that are shaped like shit. Yes, yeah. And it was just like, all right, cool. Um but we find out that like he's in competition with like the rich kid who's buying like golden erasers or Gundam erasers or like erasers that are like miniature sailboats. Like and in children's hands, like I, I have to picture that like I don't know. I don't have anything on my desk. Well, here we go. Cover it so, like, just breaking a ton of stuff. So, like, it's about this big. And, like, to have an eraser that is a decent, like, golf ball size is ridiculous to me. And these kids are just trading them and having fun with them. And I'm like, okay. And so he gets slooped into this uh, thing where he has to one-up the guy. And so he has, like, a rare dodo um eraser that was from overseas so it doesn't exist in japan everyone was super hyped about it the other kid like i said brings in a golden sailboat eraser so somehow he finds out on the internet about ebay and how people are selling erasers on ebay so he sees one for like 30 dollars. he's like oh steal my dad's credit card that's not a big deal 30 dollars. and he gets into this whole like thing where he's sneaking into his brother's room to get on the computer and bid on it it's like 35 dollars okay i can do that and 40 dollars okay and it gets up to like i don't know the the math but he like loses a hundred thousand yen on it which is the equivalent of a thousand dollars okay so that's what it is okay yeah yeah. so he spends a thousand dollars on a freaking eraser and the show instead of the show just being like he got yelled at he got like in trouble the show like goes into hard detail about how his dad literally beats the snot out of him there's a dent in the wall from him being launched into the wall he's battered he's bruised he's bleeding out on the floor and his like mom's holding his dad back and he's like he goes through the stereotypical of like whose fault is this is it society is it television is it my friends my family politics the government the world and like <laughs> as he's like losing consciousness he's like no it's my fault and and then it like flashes to him in like the current era and how he's like works at a game company and he's just obsessed with like a, a farmville knockoff where you collect animals and like he goes down a rabbit hole again because he wants to get this thing and he has to beat this username that is the same username that beat him out on the on the ebay years ago right so he's like constantly after it and like he start he starts losing sleep he stops eating healthy like he's at his desk like falling asleep he's in meetings zoning out and then uh we find out how he's interconnected with our taxi drivers he's like walking home and he plays the game does like the gotcha roulette and he gets the dodo like the rarest character in the game you can get it's going to put him in the top leaderboard going to beat that guy that's name is the same as the guy who's been bidding against him and he he gets clipped by the car the phone shatters loses its memory and falls into the gutter and then a villain is born yeah and like again the show does not hide like that these people are hardcore villains i don't think it's ever really explained how he gets his gun i don't remember yes it is he's okay he's randomly in this park and he's i think he's like looking to bury some item he oh no he his it was 
a whole cacophony of bad things that happened. Just a, a real series of unfortunate events that this person went through. He gets back home after going to the phone store and realizing that he lost all of his data and his bird de- is dead. That's so right. He goes, he goes to his local park to bury the bird. And of course he finds a chest, a little box that was buried by Dobu after a recent crime that he had committed that had his revolver in it. And so he just happened to be digging his, a grave for his bird in the same spot, finds it. And is basically like, well, this will allow me to do the things that I would need to do to that, that taxi driver. And so he st- steals the gun, finds a Halloween skull mask and becomes known throughout the, well, almost like the entire city as a skull kid who's in tatters, <laughs> clothes, not washed smelly, but he has a gun and he's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's really cool to see that becomes a, a main villain or he becomes the main villain for a while because you kind of forget that Dobu is a legit Yakuza guy and he is doing his own like nefarious deeds, but him and Otakawa are like, no, I got to get my gun back. You got to help me get my gun back. And Otakawa is like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's mine. <laughs> well, <Okay. laughs> it, it, they, they do a good job of throwing misdirection too. Cause yeah, like you just said, there are times where there's times where you don't like Otakawa. Like he does not come off as like a very good protagonist. So like if for, for lack of a better term, like he's, he's not your idealistic protagonist of someone who's like righteous or just or what have you. But then there's times where you do like him. There's times where you don't like Dobu. There's times where you do like him. So like they keep throwing these weird like misdirection at you in terms of like who you should and shouldn't like, like who's the more righteous person in situations. But it, the, the, I guess the rock or the, the character that sort of grounds them all to make sure that they're going to do something right is skull kid. Cause skull kids like the one person who's just out for revenge. Like he is your straightforward villain style character of like, I was wronged. The only way that I can make things right is to just go off and kill the person or at least maim the person that did me wrong. And speaking of the episode two, I really, really like how the show did it because that character is the only character that gets an entire episode dedicated to that, like their story, basically. Like how they're coming up. Everyone else's character and background is sort of developed over the entire show. His character is like, we're going to make sure it's focused on in one complete episode to really highlight, to, to really drill home the fact that this character is gone through a lot. You want to feel bad. You really want to feel bad when you see him get beat up as a kid, but now he's the villain. And you have to be prepared for the next, like, what, nine episodes, eight episodes to have to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, this kid's gone through a lot. He's he's done some stuff that he regrets, but he's also done a lot, like, he's been wronged and, and has suffered consequences from it, and you kind of want to feel bad. But he's the villain. So... Wrap your head around that. Get ready, because you're about to go on a roller coaster ride, and sometimes you're not going to like it. Yeah, and they 
they build up him to be like again the main villain but then we start getting fed like maybe this producer for the mystery kiss isn't that good maybe he knows something about the missing idol and then we even get treated to his uh otakawa's friend gets roped into a scheme because that calico cat from mystery kiss is like she owes money as well or no she wants to be rich that's her thing yeah so she she she's only in it for the money um uh, and we get treated to the alpaca nurse lady i'm bad with names but she she be like comes out and tells otakawa miho shirakawa she comes out and tells otakawa like hey i'm interested in you um, I was originally interested in you because I was told to keep tabs on you. I was, I was told to do this because Dobu needed information. She's like, but I've moved on from that. It's, it's not that I'm, I'm here for that anymore. Like something changed in me. It's a very Metal Gear type storyline. And um, <laughs> she's like, I know I, I enjoy your company and I, I want to be with you more. She's like, I, she even goes to the point of saying, I love you. And Otokawa, being the straight-up G that he is, just turns away and he goes, don't associate with me, and walks away. Is it being a G or is it just, like, him being more old and crusty? Because he's, I think he's supposed to be, like, in his early to mid-40s. And he's just like, nope, you played me. You used me. You were basically just doing this because you owe money to Dobu and his gang, and that's why you stole medicine from the doctor. You're bad. I don't trust you anymore. Good day, madam. Yeah, and, like, it's one of the first times in an anime you actually see, like, the main character not immediately, like, someone likes me. Oh, my gosh, finally. No, he's like, no, man, you've betrayed me. You're not a friend. And having him do that change and he has to go and figure stuff out because he's still invested in, like, putting stuff together, although he's, like, reluctant to to help a lot of people early on like by by the mid middle of the series like he's like no if i help that person then i can get this person in trouble and if that person's in trouble then the person they're paying won't get their money and again charlie splattergraph ties yeah. <laughs> ropes together and like we're kind of through the lens of otokawa we're treated to like him finding out ways he can accomplish his goals and help the most people like he essentially has to save his friend because his friend owes the yakuza money and got the shit beaten out of him in order to do that like he exposes who's been connected with them which is a mystery kiss girl who exposes like their producer and it's just like he's he starts chomping away at all these bits and and getting closer to to finding out like his mystery because i believe for the most part, he doesn't get really involved with Mystery Kiss other than like shuttling them and having he... and having footage, right? He's not fully in their murder mystery kind of thing, right? Not in the murder mystery because early on he is just basically recruited to be their full-time chauffeur because the manager who obviously we learn later knows of the murder that took place he and he knows that it was a taxi driver that picked up the last person who was suspected to have gotten away with the murder um i believe he just recruits otakawa because he's the prime person that they think like last drove the suspect and 
is trying to play it cool with him while not revealing everything so that Otokawa catches on. But so yeah, to add to that, so like in Mystery Kiss, like we find out that the the toy poodle girl is super jealous of the black cat because like the black cat has been training uh for years, has been doing dance competitions since she was a kid. Like she's connected to Mystery Kiss because like her dad's an investor all this crazy stuff that she should essentially be the lead. And she's like, no, like I'm the lead. This is my group. And then uh, right before they go to debut, the producers are like, no, like the black cat, she's better. She can dance mm-hmm. better. She can sing better. She needs to lead. And then you slowly start piecing it together as well. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, like that's why she's dead. Right. And then you're like, wait, but wait, isn't there still a black cat in Mystery Kiss? Well, and you're like, well, so how does Otakawa involved? Because for this, all of this information only comes out probably in the eighth episode, yep. ninth yeah, episode, it's like right at the end, of, almost. Yeah, so it you get a complete derailment from the original theory of like, oh, Otakawa's keeping this person hostage in his closet. And is a psychopath and is, you know, just basically for for no reason, as far as we know why, uh, like restraining her and and sheltering her away in his in his home. And then they're like, no, no, she's she's dead. They found her in the water. And then you're like, oh, did Otokawa kill her then? Like. Is that nope. why? Is that why he's just kind of being their chauffeur? And it's like, yeah. Oh no, the manager knows something. He is just using Otakawa. Ah, I get it. But and, but again, and... it's those it's those like strings intertwining with one another. Like you you start to see how everything's related to one another, and it's it's done perfectly because once you hit the halfway point of the show. Like I said earlier, that's when you see the intertwining. But for all intents and purposes, when you're watching the first five to six episodes, there are all of these just linear storylines happening at once, sort of going in 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 parallel with one another. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, it, it's cool to watch a show where like you don't just have like the one storyline. You get to see like multiple happening at the same time as each other, just you know, not interconnected. Nope. Like episode seven comes along, you're like, oh no, all this shit just starts crossing paths. Like everything is just coming together now. Like there's no separation. Everyone's connected with everyone somehow, some way, in some fashion. But it's not like it, they're not forcing it either. It makes sense. Otakawa's involvement with Mystery Kiss. That's because he's a taxi driver. The suspect who killed the the suspected murder uh, murderer of the uh, former Mystery Kiss member was dropped off in a taxi and left in a taxi. They know it's a taxi. They think it's Otakawa. Otakawa's already suspected of murder for this mystery. Like, it's all set up perfectly. And it just keeps unraveling more and more as the story goes on. And that's, again, it's those little pieces of the cookie that they just keep leaving, leading out and being like, just follow, come on, follow us. Keep on coming. We're going to get there together. Hold my hand. Just keep eating these little crumbs. And it's just, oh my gosh. It's like, I get like goosebumps thinking about it still. Like it's, it's so well done. 
And even the uh, the stand-up guys that you keep getting, like, every time Otakawa's driving late at night, the two comedians are on the radio. Yeah. And they're just, like, ripping about everything. They're, like, talking shit about this middle schooler who's writing, like, comments into them. And for the longest time, like, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, episode seven that we don't even know that they are a part of the story. Right, yeah. Because for the longest time, they're just a comedy troupe who's, and I forget what the competition is in Japan, but there's basically like, I think a yearly competition for stand-up comedians to go into like this, almost like a, a, a tour of some kind. Yeah. It's or... called like N1 or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically just to be like a full-time comedian group. Cause I think these were, these were groups of comedians and not solos. Yeah. They're always sold or they're always duos. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you see, like, them there, and then, like, out of, like, from that, you start to see that Baba, the horse, uh, the horse member of the Homo sapiens group, he gets in a relationship with the poodle from Mystery Kiss, because they meet on a subway, and he's, like, she's looking very disheveled because of the events that had recently taken place with her being basically not the number one, and then going through the tumultuous experience of having to deal with a member being killed. And then now she's dealing with the stress of that and you know, what's going to happen to the group and yada, yada, yada. So then like they get in a relationship and you see like how their relationship impacts both the homo sapiens and mystery kiss too. Cause then Baba starts to get more solo work as like a lead on the scenes news reporter, I think. Yeah, he does. He does like the, like it's like a comedy segment for morning shows is yeah what it was it's yeah like, is it is it the one what are you eating for lunch <laughs> i think he just made up stuff honestly like, i think they just but like, it's still it's still like again you get introduced to this and you're like oh that's just a bit this is just something that's happening in this city but no again it's intertwined um and i do want to talk about like the last two episodes so super duper spoilers if you again yeah we are we are getting into the meat and potatoes of the odd taxi story. So we get basically Dobu needs to get his gun back. Fine. But in this uh point in time that mystery kiss fan, he's a skunk. I just saw he's a skunk, not a Yeah, oh yes, he's a skunk. Thank you. Uh he wins the lottery, but the Yakuza want that money. So, like, there's this whole scheme hatched on how they're going to, like, get the money from him. And then Dobu is like, no. What we're going to do is we're going to put a bunch of fake money there so that they pick up one briefcase of real money. Yeah. And they take eight or nine briefcases of fake money. And then I'll pull up. I'll get nine briefcases of the real money because I know these guys and they owe me stuff. Yeah, And then we'll swap it and we'll do this whole crazy thing. He's like, but it hinges, Dobu explains it to Otakawa. He's like, this hinges on you. Because everyone here has used you as a taxi driver, you're just literally going to pick people up and move them around. So as I do this, you're going to pick me up, move me here. As this happens, you're going to go over here. And he's like, and the plan will be called Odd, Odd Taxi. taxi. <laughs> and, it, and I was just like, oh my god. But it's funny how they did it because it, <laughs> yeah. he sets it all up and he's like, the plan is odd taxi. And Otakawa's like, that's that's stupid. And Dobu's like, what do you mean? It's such a cool name, odd taxi. He's like, whatever, just let's get on with it. 
And they have the throwaway line of just saying it more doesn't make it cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's a perfect scene. And yeah, it I will say too, like the money that I think he wins ten billion yen. Yeah. I think each case has a billion yen in it. So that translates to I believe a hundred million dollars. So it's a lot of money. Like a just, lot of just money. Just a small investment. Yeah. Um so like this is a huge I guess so to speak heist. Um because yeah, Yano's making the plan who and Yano thinks that he is doing this basically solo. Dobu's not involved. He's the head Yakuza person. He's on to Dobu's schemes. He's got it figured out. Dobu's making the plan with Otakawa, but also making the plan with Diamond Twins, the police officers. So like they're they're involved in it too. Otakawa has his own plan obviously with the the skunk the 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 mr kiss fan member who actually won the lottery on like how he's going to protect him and get his money so there's a lot of stuff happening meanwhile otakawa is also trying to coordinate with the manager of mystery kiss how he's going to get out of being i guess underneath the thumb basically of the yakuza specifically yano because he's yano's the one who he's basically in debt to on in during the scheme because he's going to have Yano arrested or at least caught along with Dobu after all of this unfolds. So you're finally seeing like, Holy crap. All right. Everything's coming together into this one big heist. This is where we're finally seeing the big picture of it all. And not only that, Otokawa makes a deal with Dobu that he erases Miho's debt. And they use the term like in the in the subtitles, release her. So I don't know if like like it meant break up because like she does have a relationship with him or yeah, like, like essentially like excommunicate with her, never talk to her again. And Dobu's like, if I get my money, yeah, sure. And this deal's made way before we know what Otakawa is doing, and like the whole build up on on that heist going the way it did. Uh, the younger brother, we find out, um, had mistrust in his brother and didn't really know his brother as well as he thought he did because he thought they were both essentially the Power Rangers of their police force. They were both <laughs> always fighting evil. They were always taking people down. But he finds out, like, his brother's on the take with the Yakuza and doing some, like, not-so-great things. Yeah. So he kind of becomes, like, the more powerful, like, I'm going to be the the all-star and i'm gonna bring my brother to justice but in order to do so he has to bring these guys to justice first so like he has his own story to wrap up um we find out um miho she has her story to wrap up yeah we find out that the mystery kiss murder wasn't committed by uh, any of the two members so like the calico cat didn't do it the the dog girl she didn't do it and I'll, we'll, we'll get to who did it in, in a minute. Yeah. But well, like... so and, and real quick, too, I'll just say like, so in these last two episodes, you have three big things happening all simultaneously. You have the heist, you have the mystery kiss, murder mystery, so to speak. And on the way off side, you have Goriki, the gorilla doctor, investigating his patient, Otakawa, because he's starting to realize there's something really, really wrong with Otakawa. Like, he doesn't, he can't figure it out. He's been his patient now for something like, I think, 
close to 10 years, but has never been able to wrap his mind around what's actually uh, what what ailment Otakawa actually has. So he goes off in his own adventure of going to like his home, Otakawa's hometown, his previous doctors, his teachers, even like trying to figure out what the hell happened because he knows that Otakawa, there's something not right. Yeah, we even find out that Otakawa um, unfortunately lost his parents in a very similar way that the brothers did. So, like, yes. they, they both died in car accidents. So, like, in my mind, well, I just... Well, the way Otakawa's parents died is a little bit more morbid because, like, yeah. his dad was a cheating drunk and his mom basically took them on a midnight drive and, and committed... Well, drove the car off the bridge into the water. So, yeah. uh, a, a murder-suicide. And Otakawa was the only one to survive the crash. He was, I think... Seven at the time, very very yeah. young. Yeah, and so I don't know why, but this creator really hates parents. So hopefully, this the, <laughs> the creator like oh, there's so many bad parent stories, like either no, dead no, parents I or know. mean parents. Like that's all I know. Get. So like it brought me to like the creator of Gundam, Tomino. He also hates parents, and like literally, like any chance he gets, like there's dead parents in Gundam. You can look it up. But <laughs> what ends up happening here is like we get the resolution to the to the heist um it goes according to plan ish and um yeah skull kid has a confrontation we find out that skull kid's been tracking otakawa otakawa got smart enough to move the tracker to and, dobu's car to yeah dobu's van, and so actually. dobu and, and skull kid have a standoff and dobu like even comes out and tells otakawa he's like look i know it's a revolver it's got six shots so he shot at us twice during the chase I got shot once, he shot into your car, he shot into your apartment, and he shot at, like, he shot it at the, uh, at the, the club. club. Yep. So he's like, that's six bullets! And, and I was like, alright man, you go, you go talk to him, and they have this whole face-off, and as Otakawa bends over to pick something up, the eraser, the thousand dollar eraser falls out, and... <laughs> Skull Kid's like, why do you have that eraser? It's like, well, I got it from a friend of mine. And what's his name there? Dobu's like, but I gave it to Miho. Why do you have it? Well, she gave it to me. And Skull Kid's like, just stop talking. Is is that like this eraser like explains the backstory of it? And he goes, yeah, and? Well, why do you have it? He's like, yeah. well... And then we, we got treated to, like, Dobu being the, the eBay guy. Yeah, well, because then he gets, he's asking about the farm, the, the animal farming game. And he's like, what's your username? He's like, do you play that? And he's like, why? He's like, I played it a while ago, I guess, maybe. He's like, what's your username? He's like, I don't know. Why? Does it matter? And he's like, because it does. What is it? And Otokawa was like, just tell him, yeah, like, just say it is. We forgot. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. make him stop. And he's like, and then Dobu's like, oh, yeah, it is. What about it? Bang! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. That whole scene is crazy, too, because then Skull Kid sort of freaks out, has like a moment of, like, almost like a mental breakdown because of what he had just done and like he just sprints away yeah so you're like oh shit Dobu's lying on the ground bleeding out the kid just ran away like just screaming like bloody murder down the street and Otakawa basically looks at Dobu's like ambulance will be here soon I gotta peace out see ya and <laughs> takes the van and like that's I think that wraps up 
the second to last episode. Yeah. Because so... he, he's sort of driving away from the police after all these events had occurred. Because beforehand, like, the Yano and the polar bear guy get arrested by the older Diamond Brother who's scheming with Dovu because they realize, like, oh, you have a real case of money. Yeah, let's check the other ones. Ooh, these are fake. You're being arrested for, uh, I think, money tampering or money laundering or something. Yeah. Um, but then they beat up the police officer, take his car, and start chasing uh, Otakawa. Then more police come. Like, a whole slew of events occur to where, like, Otakawa is now basically, like, trying to s- give the money back to the skunk kid, but save some also to, for, like, I think, I don't even know. What he's, he doesn't explain it yet. Yeah. He yeah. explains it at the end. Yeah, but then we get into the final episode, and a lot goes down. So, so which which I guess which of the three would you like? Well, let's let's save the doctor you, do for you, last. Okay. Yep. So, do you want to talk about the mystery kiss? Angle Might as well. Then? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So, mystery kiss. There's a portion of an episode, the episode, the last second second to last episode. Actually, I think this is where this occurs. Where the lead idol member, the poodle, is talking about the events that took place leading up to the black cat at the time getting the star position before she's missed goes missing and then eventually is found murdered. She loses position, has a severe breakdown, and is basically like, "Meet me at the headquarters or where you know where the studio is. Uh, we got to meet and talk." It's late at night. She's like, we'll just take a taxi cab there. Meet me there, okay? And you get an inner monologue of her basically being like, I planned to kill her. I was going to kill her there because I couldn't handle not being the number one. Well, the poodle girl shows up. Black Cat's already dead. We're like, huh. Weird. Well, then, that's odd. Taxi. So, yeah, so then, and that's where you see Otakawa's in the taxi is involved because he was the one who dropped off the black cat, I believe. Yeah. So that's where the, that's where Otakawa's involved. So then you get into the manager coming. They're like, she's like, did you do it? She's like, no, she was already dead. And then it's like, she even tells the manager that she was planning to do it anyway. Yeah. Like, to be honest with him. Yeah. The manager calls Yano, the Yakuza member. He's like, well, now you're screwed because I'm basically going to own you now. They get rid of the body, throw it in the the river. But not before doing some disgusting stuff. Yes. The traditional uh, pulling of the teeth to remove any sort of DNA fragments from it um, in hopes that the body will just decay. Um, which <laughs> uh, my personal favorite is to feed them to pigs. Uh, shout out to a great movie, Snatch. Um Anyway, so we get that inner monologue, but then we transition into the replacement cat who took over for the former lead black cat who is now dead. Um, and we get her perspective on it. And she goes into this backstory about how she grows up with a single mother, not very wealthy, um, wants to make a name for herself, is trying to support her and her mom. So. She's supposed to be an idol. She has the talent for it. Was like on the cusp of getting into Mystery Kiss. Didn't make the cut. So she was left behind. But hey, weird event happens. The, the current member has gone missing. You have to replace them. 
but it's hush hush. We don't know what happened. Well, the manager and the poodle do, but we're not going to tell you. However, the replacement girl goes to very deep measures to ensure that her future progress as an idol member will actually come to fruition. And that is done by killing the actual lead member of Mystery Kiss. So we find out, like, in the second to last episode, it's the this basically, like, wallflower character for the entirety of the season, right? She's the replacement. She's brought in to sort of, like, hide the fact that she's missing, right? But she ends up being the murderer. Yeah, so and you real... find that out, like, the last 15 minutes of this show. And the real twist of it all is that, and this comes out in this last episode, the real twist of it all is that she was the one who rode with Otakawa. She was the black cat that rode with Otakawa to headquarters where she murdered the, the former lead idol. Not the person that died. It was her. Because in this last episode, after everything transpires, she's like, well, actually, we'll save that bit for after we wrap up Otakawa's story, because it'll come to a nice little, like, like pivotal point. Yeah, so, so with, like, the heist being solved, the right people get the right money, the bad people are going to jail, the, the younger cop finally becomes the hero cop. Um, Goroki finds out what's wrong with Otakawa, but... Earlier on, he was talking to Miho about some people can experience their senses differently. Like uh, a musician may be able to feel music or Mm -hmm. some people may be able to see colors in a more vibrant pattern. People taste sounds or smell what they see. He explains it as like an audio sensory kind of like miscommunications. Things in your brain aren't firing correctly. But yeah. these people, they don't, it's not a bad thing. These people are having like heightened senses. It's extrasensory kind of stuff. Well, he gets in touch with the doctor and he's like, well, no, due to trauma and due to like him being in this car, um, his brain synapses and things just didn't reconnect. So he is seeing what he perceives to be reality. He is seeing the world through a way in which he can cope with it. That, that might be a way to explain why he's he's a little distant and a little weird. And then we get Trieta Otokawa, like, talking about recovering. He's like, well, I was a weirdly shaped kid. Um, I, I didn't play a lot in the playground. I sat in the back of the class, and they called me a walrus because I was a big kid. And that was really mean. And then we get, like, treated to this silhouette of a bunch of people in a, in a classroom where they have human shapes and human hair. Okay, that's weird. Uh, and then it zooms out and Otakawa is like a, a, a stockier little human boy. Okay, that's weird. And then you're just treated to flat out his his family's human. Yeah. The, the disease is that Otakawa is seeing this world as animals because it's easier for him to perceive that as. And yeah. so that's that's what the illness actually is with Otakawa. And that and that that gets uh, a little muddier in a little bit, but while this is all happening, Otakawa is flying through the air as the cops are chasing him. He's He's gone off this construction bridge, money flying out of the back of the trunk of this car, slow-mo. We see the, the guy who's trying to go viral is taking a picture. 
He sees the car in the background. We see Miho and Goroki talking about Otawa's illness. They're at the same river. The the stand-up comedians are breaking up at the river. And even uh, the Mystery Kiss lead singer, the Poodle, she's uh, like having a really deep in-thought process there. Um, and then... Um, Skull Kid, too. Skull Kid's there. Uh, the, the two Yakuza, except Dogu, who's been shot. Um, Yano and his henchmen... Like, they're in the car behind him, so, like, everyone's there. It comes to this huge climax, and then Otokawa slams into the water, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. What a, what a great way for this this conclusion to exist. And the symbolism in this last scene, I Frank and I gab about it constantly because it, it really speaks volumes to just how well thought out the entire show was from start to finish. Like, it, it's one of those shows where you're almost tricked to believe like they're making it up as they go. But then at the very end, you're like, Oh no, like this is all planned out, but how beautifully. Yeah. yeah, They do, they do it. It's so seamless that you want to believe that it's all like ad hoc, that it's all improv, that they didn't know what they were doing until the very end, because it's just, it's that immaculate at the end. And the symbolism of this last scene, and I'm, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it, because it's so great of Otakawa flying through the air is when, again, we get insight into the actual events that took place with his, his mom and his dad. Uh, well, his mom driving off the road and trying to kill them all. Um, again, going Otakawa going deeper into his condition, which stems from his inability to really connect with humans as a child, too. He loved going to the zoo. His dad got him, like, a zoo, uh, an animal encyclopedia. He really was able to, like, com- not communicate, but connect with animals more than he could humans and that that in combination with the trauma he experienced from the accident is what caused his condition his mental condition of only being able to see people as humans because or sorry humans as animals because that was his that was his only way to be able to interact and cope with what happened it was like basically his his brain going into like lockdown mode and protection mode to be like, this is, this is the only way you're going to be able to survive this because the trauma that you faced is, is nothing like is going to be completely debilitating on you in the future. Um, and it is a real mental condition too. So we get a lot of like insight into that too. Yeah. But so as he's going off, as you noted too, all these characters around, but they all have moments of items being dropped into some form of liquid. So like the the cat the the black cat who commits the murder she's there too and her her relation with it is that she loves popcorn chicken and her mom would make it all the time so you see a piece of chicken falling into a, like a frying of uh, a, a pot of fr- of hot oil you see the poodle girl her moment is the former idol her body being thrown into the river wrapped up in a trash bag dropping into the river um you see skull kid he's about to jump and commit suicide off the bridge into the river because he can't cope with the fact that he believes ha <laughs> foreshadow to what we'll talk about in like a second he believes that he shot and killed dobu so he's going to jump into the river and commit suicide um the homo sapiens yeah they're, they're having this really heartfelt moment of like they're gonna break up and the the, the shorter stock here um is he uh 
a warthog, warthog? I believe. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, for crying out loud, even this moment's being ruined by a car flying off a cliff? Uh, obviously, Yano and his henchmen are watching the car go into the water, too. Um, his best friend, who was in the Badger scheme and owed like hundreds of thousands of yen to the Yakuza, he throws the wedding ring he was going to give to the woman he thought loved him and that he loved. Uh, he throws the wedding ring into the river. Like all these pieces coming together. It is so beautiful. And then you get the moment of the car finally hitting the water. And we also then... get... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go. I, I might have missed something. No, the we get um, the, the girl who likes baths the calico cat she throws a yeah. bath bomb she gets hers but yeah she she just all she wants is to make money so she can have yeah. a big enough bathroom because her family was so poor they that the only place in the house that she could get away was in the bath like all these characters you see like how even though they're they they you try to try to figure out you're like man how are they connected they all come together there's all <coughs> connected in some way shape or form and it's done perfectly in this one albeit very melancholy scene but it like it's so gorgeous like i i can't get over how perfect it is and then we hit the water and it's almost like it's almost like you want it to end there like you're yeah like, it could end there like it could be this huge mystery at the end but nope we get shirakara our badass alpaca who knows capuara diving into the water and somehow battle axe kicking the door open to save Otakawa as he's about to drown. And then that's where the switch happens. Like the light, like the light switch kind of clicks on and everyone turns human. And there's a great moment where Otakawa is in the ambulance and uh, Goriki and uh, Shirakawa are there and Otakawa opens his eyes and you see that they're human now. And Goriki is like, what do you see me as? He's like a human. And he turns to Shirakawa and he's like, well, he's like, what do you see Shirakawa as? And he goes, I can't say. And she's like, she's too pretty. And they just start laughing and you're like, yep, there's that shy, (laughs) shy character that we love. But yeah, that's it. And you're thinking everything's great. Yeah, and they wrap up, like, everyone's little stories get wrapped up, like, the comedy duo is like, you know what, we'll try this again. Uh, Tanaka deletes Zuden off his phone, that's Skull Kid. The only thing that I found very weird about that is, like, he obviously thought he murdered someone, thought he was going to commit suicide. But to me, the transition looks like he's just back at work. <laughs> he's just yeah. like, I'm deleting this. <laughs> like, it was yeah. Like, but obviously time has passed. Um, yeah, Kabasa... Yeah, the, the the skunk who I can I can't remember his name. The mystery kiss fan member. He comes and basically dumps a bunch of money on Otakawa, being like, "Here's some of my winnings. I don't need it all." And Otakawa's like, "I have no idea what I'm gonna do with this." Um, Dobu's alive but injured, and that's where we find that uh, the younger, <laughs> quote unquote, younger uh, Diamond brother, the police officer, was actually the one who shot Dobu in the parking lot, not Skull Kit. And he kind of like gloats about it in a weird way. Um, I believe Yano and the large polar bear guy are in prison. I think yeah, they get arrested. Yeah, they have a new segment going where yep. they get arrested. Uh, Mystery Kiss comes out and says like, "Hey, we covered up a, a murder. It's our fault. They're getting investigated." 
Um, yep. And then we find out that the Yakuza guy that's been in the sauna every time Otakawa Which we goes, haven't even talked about this whole time. Yeah, yeah we there's forgot a, there's, a, there's a person, I, there's again, so many elements to the show. There's a gentleman who's always in the sauna with Otakawa. He's portrayed as like this big manatee, I believe. Uh, um, a tapir. Oh, it was a tapir. Yes, thank you. Um, tatted up. So in Japanese culture, you normally think like probably Yakuza. Um, that's sort of how tattoos are, are. Well, he has like the very like they look Yakuza-ish. So yes. It's very yeah. like he's tattoos not afraid. Are, tattoos are somewhat taboo in yeah. Japanese culture because of their correlation with the Yakuza. So you just yeah. assume like probably Yakuza. Um, but yeah, he comes in at the last at the end, too. Basically, Otakawa takes all that money that the skunk kid gave him from the his winnings, his lottery ticket winnings, and gives it to the Yakuza guy. Which is when you find out that this Yakuza guy has been a huge donor to the organization that helps orphan kids basically, like, gives them money to survive. Like, puts them in homes and supports them. Like, that's how Otakawa has the ability to, like, He's been living on his own for so long after leaving his 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 home that what they the owner like watched them. Um, he can survive off this money because of this donor. And he's a yakuza member, and he's basically just gives this money to him and says, "Hey, listen, retire from the yakuza. I don't care, but don't give up what you're doing for like orphan kids, like kids like uh, who I am, because it it meant a lot to me, and it, it basically allowed me to do and be where I'm at in life." So, please, don't stop doing that. So, you have, like, so many brain-exploding moments in these last two episodes where you're just, like, you're about to go, like, catatonic of, like, Jesus, oh, yeah. there's so, so much shock. Everything's going crazy. But then, the craziest of all moments happens at the very last scene, and it about made my heart drop. It's where Otakawa gets out of the hospital... He's in his taxi cab. He's listening to the Homo sapiens on the radio. It's a beautiful sunny day. You're like, oh, this is going to be wonderful. They're going to wrap it up here. And they show this character walking. You don't know who it is first, but they're talking to their parent. And she's saying things. You you know it's a girl right away. She's saying things to her, her mom like, yeah, you know, I, I wanted to get into the idol group. You know, I had to basically do what I needed to do to get in um, at all measures. You see the spliced scene of her murdering the black cat. You're like, Oh, I know who this is. And she's like, well, but there's one last thing I need to do before I can really ensure the success of my career. And you hear a knock, a little tap at Otakawa's door. He looks over, opens the door, lets her in, and it's our backup, now turned full-time member slash murderer, the black cat, and Otakawa just goes, where are you going? And I'll never get this image out of my head, because it's just burned there. She tilts her head to the side, closes her eyes, and just gives a little chuckle. And then the screen goes black. We did miss one point. We find out Otakawa, like, as he's waking up and being human again, goes back to his home. Oh, yes. And he looks around his home. Well, we oh, yeah, we get oh, the big reveal wait. of what's in his closet. Yes. 
I forgot about that. I only forgot about that because Frank gave me so much shit. Yes, we find out what's in his closet. What's in his closet, Drew? <gasps> Hold on. I'm oh, showing you what's using, in his closet. I can using props. <laughs> it's a cat. It's, it's a cat. <laughs> and then so that was it. very yeah, that was very nice yeah. and like heartwarming. And then we're turned to the end. <laughs> yes, I, I I missed that point. I feel so bad about it because yes, it's supposed to be a moment of like haha chuckles, but if you catch it, it's a lot more dark than they actually portray it to be. So funny enough, I predicted that it was going to be an actual cat in his closet because in the opening credits, the only thing that's given away oh, in the opening yeah. credits, he in like it's the first one. part of yeah, he's like touch like petting it and like he's like trying to pick it up and it runs away from him. And you're like, you think nothing of it, but then as you get into his character, you realize he's got like abandonment issues. Like his, you know, his dad screwed up his family and his mom tried to basically kill them all. He's been alone for so long. Like he's, he can't establish human connections. So what does he connect with? Animals. Like you get that again through the fact that he loves the zoo and his, his animal encyclopedia. Like he connects with animals. So like, I was like, okay, we know it's not the mystery kiss girl. What's in his closet? What is actually in there? I was like, it's the cat. It's the cat from the intro is in his closet. And sure enough, last episode, we finally get the scene where he opens up his closet and it's a cat. And you're like, ha ha, funny. It actually is a cat. Until you see Otakawa's reaction, which is basically wiping his brow and going, phew, because he did not know that it was an actual cat. Because of his mental condition of only being able to see human at the time humans as animals. So he legit did not know if there was an animal or a human <laughs> in his closet because he literally couldn't tell the difference. So dark when you oh. dig down. <laughs> it's like you're like on the one side you're like, "Oh, like LOL, it's so funny, it's a cat. And then on the other side, you're like, that's very deeply disturbing because he legit did not know what it was. But yeah, it's I can't believe again, there there are so many parts. I'm thinking back of what we everything we talked about, and I've we've missed like five hundred other things that happened. So it and we've spoiled it all. If you haven't watched it and you're at the uh hour twenty minute mark of this episode. Apologies, I guess, for spoiling it for you all, but just do a better still, job. Do a better job and watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, but even though we've said all this, go watch it. I've, yeah. I've watched it now twice, and I will probably watch it a third time already because I know there are things that I missed in the first two times I watched it that I'll I'll pick up on. Like, there's so many elements to the show. There's a whole conspiracy theory about a pen that you can read online about this show, and we could spend hours talking about that. We're not even going to get into that because we don't have time. But like there are so there's so many layers to this show that you could watch it. I, I could argue you could watch it maybe 10 times and still find new things each and every time you watch it because it is so well done to the point where like it's exciting no matter how many times you rewatch it. So just go watch it. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic fantastic show so with that i want to thank you all today for joining us we appreciate any and all feedback as we are still the new kids on the block it's been a year uh we just still need your suggestions your feedback your retweets whatever you want to send us um send us stuff so 
Take care and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back up! Back up!